There are lots of ways to deter a predator when you're a toad. You could puff yourself up to make yourself look bigger. You could do your best impression of a carcass and play dead. Or you could coat your entire body with a deadly poison. But one genus of toad likes to spike the sauce with a little something extra. But you just gotta do what you gotta do to survive. In life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy, your 30 minutes of interesting animal info. Mine? Yours. And you, the people of Earth. The listening public. Indeed. Uh, I'm Joe. And I am Carlos. And we're going to talk to you today about something slimy. Slimy? Yeah. Cu- yeah. Sometimes. We'll talk about that. Let's do the rundown. Let's do the rundown a little bit. All right. So the name that you might know it by is the Colorado River Toad, mm. uh, also known as the Sonoran Desert Toad. Sonoran. Is that what it is? Yes. Okay. Uh, just sonorous is What's a word. That? It means like with a lot of vowels. Every podcast we do, we'll have some grammar in it. <laughs> I don't know. They say British English is more sonorous than American English. Like the vowels are brought out more. Hmm. Anyway, um, Sonoran Desert Toad is its other name. Its nomenclature is Incilius alvarius, which uh, sounds like Dumbledore. Sounds sounds like a Hogwarts (laughs) professor. Speaking of warts, ah. Anyway, they have a lot of them. Uh, the kingdom is Animalia, as you might have guessed. Phylum Chordata, class Amphibia. Mm-hmm. The order is Anura, which is all frogs and toads. Okay. Uh, the family is Bufonidae. And genus is Ancilius, and the species is Alvarius. So, we can start by saying that all toads are frogs. Frogs is the overarching... Is that true? Yeah. It's the... Like, toads are a subcategory of frogs. Okay. But what sets toads apart generally is that they are dry. Yeah, not being slimy. (laughs) But there's something about them that can't... They can be slimy at times. Sure, they're amphibians. These these guys kind of defy description. Because toads or the Colorado just in River general River. frogs and stuff. Okay. Because you say, what is a frog? Oh, it's just like slimy little creature that doesn't that doesn't have a tail. Well, some of them do have tails. Some of them aren't slimy. Like they 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 don't follow their own rules very much. There's no one universal thing that you can pin a frog down to, except having those like super cool legs. Yeah, I guess. Except for they're born without them. <laughs> That's true. Um, so I'll I'll just I'll give you the rundown of these guys, the spe- specifically the Colorado Wivatoad, the Wivatoad um, River. So it's the. Did you know that it's the largest indigenous toad in the U.S.? I did not know that. It's bigger than the only toad in the U.S. that's bigger than it is the uh, cane toad, and that's not native to the U.S. Hmm. And. Uh, the other interesting fact is that the Colorado River toad doesn't live in Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> it lives in, like, Arizona, North Mexico, and New Mexico, and, like, Southern California and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, which, But it lives in the Colorado River. Right. 
So it's, but it's nowhere near. It's Colorado. not the Colorado River Toad. It's the Colorado River Toad. Yeah, it's the Toad of the Colorado River. It's yeah. not a toad that lives in the rivers of Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's a pretty fat toad. Like so you you see a bunch PH. of pictures of yeah pH noticeably <laughs> fat. <laughs> um, some toads are like are more lean. They have longer. Uh, legs and they can puff up and stand up pretty high, mm-hmm. but these are the ones that kind of squish out. They sploosh out when they uh-huh. sit on the ground, like a like an old tire. Sure, or like just some pizza dough that you that you <laughs> flop down on the on the pan. Um, they're brownish green, usually more on the brown side. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I didn't see how big they can get. Uh, Seven point five inches long. So that's like this big. I'm, I'm holding a loaf of bread, <laughs> um, a squished loaf of bread. That's pretty big. And I didn't know cane toads could be bigger than that. I've seen cane toads. I've never seen one big like that big. I think it's just like nose to butt is the length. But these guys are just big and round. Okay. So I think cane toads are just more elongated, and ready to fight and kill. Uh-huh. So they have a bunch of protrusions on them uh one of them being this small green circle underneath their eye which is their eardrum um and their eyes are like golden it's actually kind of weird to look at because they have golden eyes with those kind of goat um pupils those horizontal slits goats are square but they're still like more horizontal than they are vertical Look at a goat's eyes again. A horizontal, oh, so it's a horizontal. It's like, slit. It's like a rectangle of, on its side. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't stare into goat's eyes that long. You know. So specifically, <laughs> to look at the shape. Quick, quick thing. I was sitting at a burger shop the other day, and right behind me was a, a couple that had a goat on a leash that had a broken leg and a cast on it. <laughs> it was the most adorable thing I've ever seen. And also, that's why I know exactly what their eyes look like. <laughs> you stared into its eyes. Of course. Uh, <laughs> of course, you're not going to be rude and not make eye contact with it. <laughs> when I was petting its horns, I was like, wow, you got some pretty crazy eyes, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Goat. Um, anyway, back to the toad. Um, the protrusions behind its eyes are called the paratoid glands. Uh-huh. Um, and then it also has some glands underneath the corners of its mouth and on its legs. And these all secrete a toxin, which can kill like a... Bufotoxin. Yeah, bufotoxin is what it's called. Um, and it can kill dogs and raccoons and stuff like and that. And that's all toads. All bufinidae toads yeah. are have, have this bufotoxin. But not all toads are in the bufonidae right. uh, family. The true toads are in the bufonidae family. Yeah. Um, so they all secrete this bufotoxin as like a defense against, uh, predators. And it's like this milky white substance and it's a neurotoxin. So don't touch it. So they already said where they live. They usually eat lizards, small mammals. So, I mean, these things are pretty big. I guess they could eat a mouse or something. And other amphibians sometimes lizards. I said lizards already bugs. And the interesting thing about the way that they eat, it besides like their 
incredibly fast tongue, which can shoot out two to three inches in and back in 15 one-hundredths of a second. Is that less than a blink? Yeah. It's, oh, man. You can't register it. Most so animals can't register it. So it could poke me in the eye before I could close it. Yeah, even if you were supposed to close it at the same time, it would have already like swallowed whatever was on your eye <laughs> before you would time to blink. Um, so that's ridiculously fast, and they they're they are thinking that it has this these extra muscles in the top of its mouth that kind of uh, as soon as it wants to use its tongue, it makes its tongue rigid and then holds it up against these top rigid muscles and then catapults it forward. So the it's attached in the front. Yeah. Oh no, no, it's attached in the bottom of its mouth. I mean, but the tongue is attached to the front of their mouth rather than the back of their mouth like us. Right, yeah. Cuz it's not a tasting thing, it's a grabbing thing. So they and, they push it out. They like fling it out. Yeah, they fling it out. They don't push it. It's not like a yeah. it's not like a shot. We would push it's, our tongues out. They fling it out. Yeah, well, um, try like flick, like holding your tongue against the roof of your mouth and then flicking it out. It goes faster than you just pushing it out. But theirs goes incredibly fast, and they can do it with surprising accuracy. Um, so, other than their tongue, uh, the other interesting thing is that they don't have muscles for larynx. Mm-hmm. They they have no way of swallowing or pushing their food down because they don't have a neck yeah it's just it's just a head attached to a big fat body um so they blink and when they blink their eyes go into their skull and there's nothing between there's no bone between their eyes and their and their esophagus so it their eyes actually go into their body and push the food down gross that is pretty gross but like why not develop like a larynx or something like that I There's guess, no room for it. I guess this works just fine. There's no room. There's no neck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so when it comes to breeding, they usually breed at the beginning of raining seasons, and they lay their eggs in static ponds or streams, and the female can lay up to 8,000 eggs. It's a, lot of, it's a lot of little guys. It's one way to prepare for the future. Most of them are going to die. <laughs> I don't think most of them, but a lot of them. little morsels. And they're defenseless. One of the facts of this episode for me, besides what you're going to say, is how they hydrate. They don't drink water. Uh-huh. They have this semi-permeable membrane from their stomach to the back of their legs that can just take water in by osmosis. Rapid hydration. Yeah. So they, you- they can just sit in a puddle... Or just on something wet, like grass or something, and just hydrate. So when you drink something, you have to process that liquid, and it hydrates your body. Right. They, just like a sponge, kind of sit in the water and rapidly hydrate. And Im- in- immediately their muscles are... Right. Everything is hydrated. That is crazy. And very cool. Wouldn't it be cool if you could just, like, stick your hand in some water and be hydrated? Yeah, but what if you accidentally sat in something gross? That wouldn't well, be cool. what if you can they control it? I don't think they can control it. I don't think so either. I mean, they sit in gross stuff all the time. They're toads. They are gross stuff. <laughs> but like, I guess they're okay with it. It's like, oh, this mud. Like Judge Dredd is the law. They are gross stuff. But it, it <laughs> it's a semi-permeable membrane that only allows water in. It must be really fine so that like dirt 
and mud and whatever else is out there. Oh yeah, doesn't bacteria doesn't get in. Only the water molecules get in. So if it was the same thing, you could stick your hand into some like gross lake water and only get pure water into your hand. Mm, that needs confirmation. I know. Well, that's my idea. <laughs> <laughs> Dictated but not read. Uh, and that's also that's common to all toads in the Buffonidae family. Okay. And uh, that's all I got for the the general facts. The general facts. All right, let's let's get into the nitty gritty of what makes this toad he, he, unique. All right. Um. So, like you said, all toads in the Buffonidae family produce um, bufotoxin, which is an alkaloid toxin. Um, out of their name for the gland, it starts with a P. Paratoid. Paratoid gland, which is usually at the back of their neck, back of their head, or like their upper back. Yeah, if you picture a toad, and you, or if you look at a picture of a toad, it's the giant like kidney-shaped welt blister on the back right. behind their eyes. The thing that doesn't look good. Yeah, it looks like it could pop. Because it is not good. It's yeah. It is also could pop. Um, <laughs> um, I got you. <laughs> uh, so when the toad gets stressed or angry or scared, uh, it secretes this bufotoxin uh, all over its back and its legs. Secrete is a gross word. It's a gross thing. Um, so if something bites it or licks it or like tries to eat it. It's not going to have a good time. It's going to get a, a mouthful of this neurotoxin. Um, the frog's not going to have, or the toad's not going to have a good time either. It just got true. a bit. But. but usually it's hoping that its reputation precedes it. <laughs> <laughs> it like jukes out a dog, yeah. punks it out. Well, that's the thing about, so most animals will just avoid it, right? Uh, except my dogs. Right. Except for dogs. Dogs don't have the evolution or the, you know, micro-evolutionary... Instinctual fear. Instinctual fear of that. So they will just say, what is that, a chew toy? It squeaks like a chew toy, kind of. A really low, broken chew toy. <laughs> it doesn't squeak at all. Um, it croaks. There's. Have you seen the video of the squeak, like the frog that, like, squeaks? Not a toad. Is it a toad? I don't know how they choose to talk. The choice. It's a croak. Um, yeah, it's more of a croak, specifically a low-registered croak. This specific species is a low-registered croak. Mm-hmm. So dogs just will take a bite out of that crime and not have and and, and die or get sick or vomit or something, um, depending on the size of the dog, the amount of toxin that the uh, toad secreted, and whatever mm-hmm. if it spit it out or swallowed it. Um, but other animals like raccoons, um, have figured out ways around it. So a raccoon will, this is brutal, um, pull a frog like out of the water by its legs, um, flip it over and eat its belly. Ugh. Cause it knows that if it tries to eat the whole thing or it tries to eat the back, um, it's going to get a mouthful of the toxin. So it flips it over, touches it by parts of it that don't have toxin on it. Um, and eats its belly, which is a brutal way to die and a brutal way to have to eat. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so I don't want to eat a belly of a frog. Well, I mean, he, the raccoon does. Yeah, I guess because he doesn't know anything about pizza. <laughs> <laughs> a 
I, I reckon that a lot of raccoons know a lot about pizza. I'm sure they've tasted it. They don't know <laughs> how to make it. <laughs> Stupid raccoons. But do you think this is something that they just know instinctually or something that like a little raccoon would have to watch his mommy raccoon do? Um, I think probably because some things are instinctual. Some things are learned. So, and a lot, actually a lot of things like in, in mammals specifically are learned just by watching, especially like in monkeys and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like monkeys that have figured out how to open shells by taking a rock and smashing it against another, like in between a, a shell, like smashing a rock onto, you know, on a hard surface, smashing it between two rocks mm-hmm. that took watching. They didn't just know how to do that. Or they could figure it out eventually, maybe. Maybe. But, like, a raccoon can't just figure out how to eat a toad, because it either eats the toad right or it dies. Yeah. But, I mean, the the whole point of something like a a poison rather than a venom, meaning a poison is you eat a poison, a poison... You bite a poison, a poison... uh, Venom. uh, Venom bites you. So a snake is venomous because it injects with a bite or a or a sting or whatever mm-hmm. venom into you poison is poison. passive yeah venom is so active. the point of a poison is that you would be recognizable as poisonous and i mean you can't teach that so the raccoon might have something instinctive to know that those don't like those specific frogs or i can't eat those so i don't know maybe it is it's really interesting to think about stuff that's instinctive to animals. Right. And stuff that's not, stuff, stuff that's learned. Well, it's you think weird. about, like, us. There's not a lot that's instinct, instinctual to us. Instinctive or instinctual? Is it both? I've heard it both ways. <laughs> of course. Um, so, like, you have to learn almost everything. Right. Like, you'd think something like the shape of a gun would be instinct, instinctively something you would fear or be hesitant around. But... I don't think that's the case for, like, babies or whatever. Right. You have to learn to not, to be adverse to that. Anyway, we're talking more about raccoons than <laughs> we are about toads. Um, so the toxin, or the uh, the bufotoxin is a cocktail of neurotoxins and a chemical called bufotenin. A lot of bufos here. Yeah. Everything's I mean, bufo. everything is pretty much named after this family of frogs because it's very unique. It's, it's the um, godfather frog family. of frogs. The Bufos, yeah. The, the, the Bufions. <laughs> Sorry, that was bad. So this Bufotenin is similar in its chemical structure to psilocybin and DMT, which are two psychedelic ke- uh, chemicals. Psilocybin's in mushrooms. DMT is in possibly like a lot of plants. Most, like some, some say that it might be in Every living organism, but I don't that know. might be in our uh, our pineal own brains, gland. yeah, in our pineal glands. But it's definitely in a couple plants. But it's in definitely the in specific plants. So this chemical that the frogs secrete, that's in the bufotoxin, um, also has these psychedelic properties. Uh-huh. So science has tested bufotenin on people once in 1955, once in 1959, and then once in the 80s. Each time by the CIA. Trying to control people's minds, right? <laughs> the CIA was obsessed with psychedelics yeah. in the mid-20th century. But yeah. so were counterculturalists, so... <laughs> <laughs> Suffice it to say, psychedelics... Were all the rage. Were, were used widely. <laughs> yes, but not wisely. So, the results of this experiment. 
are these experiments um, pretty much uh, similar to something like LSD. Um, there are perceived like changes in gravity, um, euphoria, nausea, especially if you ingest it like orally, uh-huh. um, skin flushing, constricted blood vessels. This sounds like bad so times. You're, you're, so uh, amnesia, anxiety, panic, um, stuff that was typical of LSD. And then the 80s, the study in the 80s, I think was the last time that they really ever studied it on humans because a person went into, uh, they, they were testing it on psych patients, people in quote unquote volunteers. Yeah. Um, quote unquote Ruskies. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Russian for, spies. I, um, it, it was um, a, like patients from a psych ward because they were trying to test out. That's worse. Well, they were trying to test specifically if it could help people with like schizophrenia okay. and stuff like that. So. What happened was this guy. This guy is, and previous to this, bufotenin has like shown cardiotoxic um, effects. Okay. So like increased blood pressure, tight tightness in the chest, stuff like that. Uh huh. So they tested on this one guy, and he goes into immediate cardiac arrest. Um, he, his heart stops, and then they, you know, apply resuscitative resuscitative measures. Good. Uh, and he comes back and his first thing is like, I don't want any more of that. <laughs> He's like, don't, don't give me that. Get that stuff away from me. Okay. Um, so then they were like, they were like good cause it came from a toad and he's like even more. <laughs> <laughs> so they stopped the experiment and that was kind of the last time that they, they experimented with bufotenin. So unlike LSD, psilocybin, DHT, similar to DMT, DMT, DHT is something else. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then ibogaine is another psychedelic. It's similar to ibogaine in that it's cardiotoxic, but it's dissimilar to the other three I just mentioned. So, it this chemical has innate dangers for your heart, but it also gives a wicked high. Yeah, <laughs> it can give you a you know similar psychedelic high to LSD. So kids, teens, like to to lick toads in order to like kind of get this high the problem is most of them will just straight up kill you so if you lick a cane toad no good you're gonna die really like it's straight up you're just gonna die um you're either gonna like vomit uncontrollably you're not gonna have a good time you know having a a psychedelic trip and sans medical treatment you'll probably die probably yeah the thing about like if you take lsd you have a little sticker it's not a sticker but it's like a stamp type thing that you put on your tongue. A little... Uh, and I'll, like when you take... Like when people take psychedelic drugs, they are controlling the dosage. A frog doesn't care about the dosage it gives you. It's like, oh, this this kid just wants to get high. Let me N- give him a little squirt. Right. No. It, it's unpredictable. So if if the, the cane toad like just secreted a little bit, maybe you'll just throw up a lot. Um, but if he secreted like his whole back, you're going to die. Um so the 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 thing that's special about the California or the Colorado River toad is that it's very low in um, neurotoxins, other neurotoxins, and very high in bufotenin. Bufotenin. Yeah. Um, so it's the best toad to lick. <laughs> <laughs> we in no They've, way endorse licking. Of we toads. definitely don't, and here's why: even though it's the best toad to lick, it's still not a good thing to do because 
like it's been reported that full-grown like dogs like german shepherds die after biting a colorado river toad they're n- they're not just sitting there on their beanbag chairs having a great time they're, they're they die <laughs> every time <laughs> my great th- my german shepherd curls up in his beanbag chair through his beads and enjoys his like dmt trip right <laughs> also a thing that about bufo tenen that the trip isn't always like similar in every way to something else like a more mainstream psychedelic it's more introspective there's not a lot of like visual hallucinations but it, it's more like you think critically about yourself and like have like realizations more like peyote that sounds like marijuana uh kind of some people would say that marijuana is a psychedelic but i, I don't think it is anyway it and but it also can cause panic or uh like impending doom that feeling okay so as you're like about to throw up because you had a you just licked some neurotoxic chemical you're also having a feeling of panic and impending doom so this is just bad all around so don't do it <laughs> why do people do it more than once i don't think they do <laughs> i don't think they do i think that people like usually try it because you know on a dare or they heard about it if you look up licking toads I I I never really watched The Simpsons, but I play this place this firmly on The Simpsons. Yeah. Because if you look up licking toads, all the images are going to be of Homer licking a toad, and I guess having a psychedelic episode without right. any real repercussions. So I don't know if that kind of made it more popular to lick toads because it's like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. I was reading studies about this, and like they cited that, like that's how they like. You know, the fun way to start this study. They yeah. quoted the Simpsons. stuff from The Simpsons. But some people get it without licking the toad. They'll squeeze the... They'll have a frog, a living frog, and they'll, like, agitate it or squeeze it in a way that causes it to secrete the chemical. Um, and they'll scrape the the bufo toxin off of the, the, fro- the toad, um, dry it, and then smoke it. Is that safer? You can control the doses dosage that way, but you're still... I mean, it's inherently cardiotoxic. So, still not a great time. It is still crazy that just this this animal is hopping around or scooting around with, like, a strong psychedelic yeah. in its glands. And I don't understand why. Why not just have the toxin? Yeah, why does... How does that help? Why do plants have it? Why Why do psychedelics exist? Maybe it's to confuse, you know, you know, that's it, it facilitates an escape in just in case it something does try to bite you or lick you. And, you know, yeah, but, but it, I feel like it would take too long. The yeah, the adaptation would be to kill the thing that attacked you rather than to confuse it. Because, yeah, I mean, if a dog bites a toad and then just starts to feel woozy, he might kill the toad before he decides that. He's really woozy and is confused. But if it's like a sharp, fast-acting neurotoxin, then the toad has a greater chance of surviving. Some of them spit. Some of them have the, the ability. Their thing? Yeah. Their, the bufo toxin? I didn't read if they, the, California, the Colorado River toad could do that specifically. But they will puff up 
and like <laughs> shoot you with some <laughs> yeah. LSD. Yeah, <laughs> in a squirt gun. So that's the Colorado River toad. It sure is. Don't lick it. Don't do it. I think toads are cool. Yeah. I think frogs are cool. Yeah. It's just like an interesting thing. Like their their tongues in particular, and then the fact that they could just hydrate through osmosis. Is they cool. are a weird alien-ish creature. Yeah. Very unique. Like lizards, what do they do? They just sit around. <laughs> what do they even do? Why are they here? <laughs> lizards are boring. They're, they're like a, a hairless mammal that doesn't think as well. There you go. That's the then coming up next on life, death, and taxonomy. The hairless lizards or the hairless mammals that don't think very well. Um, all right. Anyway, so whether you bite a toad or let it be, it all comes down to just life, death, and taxonomy. Why is it so loud out here? That's a cicada. Actually, it's a chorus of cicadas. Hey, did you know they can actually be as loud as 100 decibels? Yeah, no kidding. That's like as loud as a car radio on full volume. Yeah, it is. So did you know you can listen to Life, Death, and Taxonomy that loud? Absolutely. All you have to do is subscribe and download the episode on iTunes. What? I said let's get out from under this cicada mating tree. Okay, good idea.